Hi, this is Anne-Marie from New York. While being safe, please take the time to enjoy the Sinister Sightings episode by a Paranormal Chicks. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 56. And you just heard Anne-Marie. And just like she said, we hope you are staying safe. And, I mean, we're still hunkered down. Well, I'm at Carrie's, but we're hunkered down. I can't get rid of her. (laughs) Just kidding. I wouldn't want to. I'm like a parasitic twin. Fun fact, Anne-Marie is the mom of Heather T., who also did an intro earlier. Both of them are in the Creepinati, and we are, like, it's a whole family affair. So, y'all know, if you want to intro an episode, you want your mama to intro an episode, (laughs) head on over, patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right, you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, this one is Something Follows Me. I already don't like it. But love it. Oh, but also want to see the movie, everything. (laughs) Hey, girls. First off, wanted to say love the show. And both of y'all make me laugh and remind me so much of me and my sister. We're from the South and have always loved scary movies, stories, murder, crime, you name it. Five stars across the board for y'all funny ladies. Thank you. Thank you. So long story short, my family and I will both tell you something dark has always followed me. It started when I was 13, and my parents finally had enough money to build our home. I grew up in a Christian home, went to church, prayed, you name it, but I started being bullied in school and just struggling with life. That's when it began. Oh, gosh. It started small. I would wake up and feel a presence in the room, and I knew it was something evil, something watching me. I would pray out loud, and the feeling would go away. My sister one day said she was home alone and heard our alarm chime go off and something talking. She figured my dad was home, so she walked out of her room and no one was home. The alarm was still set. She immediately got a bad feeling and left. My parents do not like or approve of anything scary or creepy and said, don't ever open the door to those kinds of things. My dad finally admitted years later, when he would be alone, he would see something dark and small move room to room out of the corner of his eye. He knew it was evil and would just start praying. It would leave. Oh my gosh. Nope. Mm-mm. I could not keep that to myself. Mm-mm. Then my mama, the strongest Christian I know, said something was telling her for years that there was a presence and it wanted me. She would be home alone and would also see the thing move to different rooms, always ending up in my room. She took some oil and prayed on every wall in the house. Oil is a Christian thing. After I moved out, it stopped. But no matter where I lived, I would experience whatever it was, and whoever lived with me would tell me the same stories. I kept my past hidden because I knew what it was and would just say, yeah, that's weird. Then my niece was born. She had an imaginary friend. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. 
My sister asked her one day about it and was told it was a him and it lived under the coffee table and he would come out after I would leave. She said he was small with no face and patches of hair. What the actual fuck? (laughs) So my mom prayed over the house and my niece never spoke of her friend after that. Years later, I got married and bought a house with my now husband. He began saying the same things. I don't know what it is, but I know it's evil. I pray when I get these senses or when he brings them up and just try to ignore it. Now, my family kind of makes jokes about it, but it still scares us. So that's my creepy story. It might not be creepy to everyone, but it is to me. P.S. Don't ever live with me. Love you, ladies, and creep it real. Wow. Don't worry. I don't want to live with you. You might do the dishes. You might be the best roommate ever, but uh, I don't want to have an imaginary friend. Mm-mm. 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 Holy Hannah. It follows her. But why does it come out? Like, why does your niece see it when you leave? I wonder. Or did she see it? Unless there was something in that house and your presence that's following you scared the presence that's in that house. Ooh. That was very Liz Sowers of me. Yes. Yeah. If you don't know who Liz Sowers is, go over and check out the podcast Ghosts in the Burbs. So good. Listen to this and then go check it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, finish this episode. Because you will want to binge that once you listen to one episode. Mm -hmm. And we want you to finish this episode because these are some good stories. I already know it because this one already freaked me the fuck out. Right. I'm going to be driving home and being like, what was that out? Like, what was that? Hi, ladies. I was listening to episode 90 at work today when something during the imp stories struck me. Once the tale of the girl seeing the imp outside of her window as a kid and then later as an adult was told, I got chills. Something eerily similar happened to me as a child twice. Oh, shit. The first time I was so young that I should not be able to remember this as clearly as I do, but it is one of my clearest memories from my early childhood. We were living in a mobile home park, and my room was at the end of the trailer facing the street. It was a nice park and fairly quiet, actually. There were no bushes or trees in front of my window. My bed was next to the window, pressed up against it. One night, I heard a scratchy noise at my window. I remember peeking out of the blinds to see two round, glowing eyes staring back at me. But I can't remember any other features but the eyes. No stray animals would have been able to reach the height of the window, and what human has giant glowing eyes? I remember being terrified and running to the living room, curling up under a blanket on the couch, and eventually falling back asleep. I told my mom about it the next day, and my parents went to look at the outside of my window. Sure enough, something had left scratch marks on it. My bed was moved to the other side of the room, and my parents never let me sleep with my bed near a window again. The second time, I was a little older, probably around eight or nine. We were living on land with my grandparents in a large double-wide mobile home. My bedroom faced the road again, but there was a lot of land between it and the road. Once again, no bushes or trees were outside of my window. My bed was in the middle of my room because, as I mentioned, my parents never let me sleep near windows anymore. Once again, during the night, I heard something outside of my window. I guess that I hadn't learned my lesson because I looked out of the blinds again. The two round glowing eyes were staring back at me. I fell backwards, crawled into my bed, and hid under the covers. 
Since then, I try not to look outside of windows at night, though now at 24, I'm a little more brave. Still, in the back of my mind, I'm always afraid that I'll see those eyes. Holy crap. I don't want to see those eyes. Mm -mm. Well, one, I don't look outside because I'm scared of black-eyed kids. I honestly am so scared. That and the people from The Strangers, like how they would stand out in the mm-hmm. like front with the mask and they would just stand there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just know I'm going to see someone out in the distance. I will not do it. And it's so scary when you have any like patches of woods around you. Mm-hmm. But when you hear scratching, like, you have to go look. Mm-hmm. Well, you're like, is it, like, a fucking mouse or something? You know what I mean? Like, is it... Yeah. Is it something disturbing, but because it's gross, not because it's... You know what I mean? Like, is yeah. it something you need to shoo away? Or is it, like, if you have animals... Well, my dad had, like, an outside cat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is something wrong? You know what I mean? So... You got a raccoon. You got a... You know, like, you never fucking know. So you kind of, I mean, whatever. I'd want to look, but then I'd be like, oh shit, eyes. I know. Okay, this one is The Cabaret Murder of 1974. And guess what? It's by Heather T., who you just said at the beginning. Her mom introduced the episode. Synchronicity. Holy shit. tell y'all it's a thing. So she says, hey ladies, just want to let you know how much I love listening to you guys. And I got my mom and my college bestie, Erin, hooked on you too. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, we know. (laughs) Now, the story I'm about to tell you is a true crime story that happened to my family before I was born. My mother had always told me this growing up, and we just recently Googled it to read the newspaper articles. So picture it. Upstate New York, 1974. It was a cold late night in January at the local bar called The Cabaret. This bar was owned and run by my great uncle. He could not come in for the night to bartend, so he had a son, John, go in for him. So he was cleaning up. There were two band members picking up and leaving, and one customer finishing up a beer. The next morning, my uncle came in to open the bar and found three bodies face down. John and the two band members. Oh my gosh, his son. They were shot in the back of the head execution style. Oh gosh. He immediately called the police, and the investigation began. My poor uncle was so torn up about this since he was the one that was supposed to be working and not John. He thought maybe if he was there, it would have been different. Right after the cops were called, my family was on high alert. They weren't sure who would have committed this murder since they were shot in the back of the head. They thought it could be the mob or gang because of how they were murdered. My poor mom was working in the local hospital, and my family took her from work, and she could not return to her next semester of college for the next month until they found out who committed the crime. Gosh. Gosh. You don't think about, I mean, how many people's lives, like, cease to exist. Like, they cease to run as they did. I mean, if it was my cousin, I would be... I'd be so upset. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's crazy. Just again, I know I say this all the time, but the domino effect. Yeah. As the investigation was going, they found that only a little less than $500 was missing from the register and four unwashed beer glasses were in the bar. They suspected one was from the murderer and that he shot them for the money. Less than $500. 
Also, John's wife remembered she had a conversation with him that night at 3.30 a.m. before he closed the bar. He said to her that three friends, including a man named Harold, were helping him clean the tavern. This helped them tremendously. Three weeks later, they arrested a man named Harold Edward Gormley on his way home from work as a nurse. He was apprehended by more than 30 state police. He was then charged with the three murders. While in jail waiting for trial, it was learned that he was wanted in connection to another murder in early January. This was of an 18-year-old woman in another state, Pennsylvania. He was convicted to three consecutive 25 years to life sentences for the murders in the bar. He was then sent to Pennsylvania to go on trial for the other murder. He is convicted of first-degree murder and received life in prison for that. Since he was convicted of the murders in New York first, he started his sentence there. The sad part of the story is that he served some of the years and went up for parole. Can you believe that? Parole after four murders. Luckily, my whole family would write letters to the court every time he went up for parole. Their endeavors were successful and his parole was denied. Harold eventually died in prison. I've included a picture of the man arrested with the investigator in the email. It legit looks like it's from one of those old cop movies. Sorry for the long story, but I thought Carrie would love a true crime story. Thanks for listening. Heather T. New York. That was not long at all, Heather. That was amazing. That was wild and so sad for your family. And and also, all I can think about is the cabaret old chum. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. That, like, for real, thank you so much for sharing. That has to be so hard. And I don't know. God, your poor mama. Poor everybody. Your poor uncle. Oh, my God. Oh my I cannot gosh. even imagine. I can't either. Oh. Well, I hope time has healed wounds as best as it could. Yeah. Let us know if he kept the bar, if that's still going or, you know, what happened. I love that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, because you don't, you know, in all these true crime stories, you know what happened. You don't know the aftermath, the ramifications, mm-hmm. the, all the things. All right. I see your true crime and I raise you a sleep paralysis demon, question mark, question mark. Oh, shit. Hey, beautiful ladies, I suck at telling stories, plus this is really short, so I apologize for that. Picture it. I'm 28 years old, and at this time, I had just moved out of my parents' house for the first time ever. I moved in with two of my closest friends. I didn't have problems sleeping in their house until I stayed up late one night and started hearing people running up and down the stairs when everyone else was asleep. Mm -mm. I spoke to my friends, and they stated that other people have said the same thing. I started experiencing sleep paralysis after that. One night, I had fallen asleep on my side, you know, half on your stomach, half not. I woke up to what felt like my body being slammed all the way down on my stomach. As soon as I recognize that I'm having sleep paralysis, I hear what sounds like over a thousand people whispering into my right ear. I started praying in my head until I could finally speak. So I said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I heard what sounded like a deep growl that turned into a laugh. I have since moved back in with my parents because fuck that shit. I do have more sleep paralysis stories and kind of a true crime story that happened to me when I was in fourth grade, which I will tell in a different email. Thank you, ladies. And remember, you are both fucking treats. Creep it real, ladies. Lizzie S. Oh, thank you, Lizzie. Yeah. Thank you. And oh, my gosh. It laughed at you. It mocked you. Yes. 
And body slammed you. I mean, unless we are getting some hanky-panky going around, you ain't body slamming me. Exactly. Uh Uh-uh, don't like that. Mm Mm-mm. Dude, I'm a stomach sleeper. But, you know, I wonder if that does, like, change that I don't have sleep paralysis because of that. I don't think so. Another true crime one. Hey, ladies. Love the podcast, especially the Sinister Sighting episodes, so I thought I'd submit some local true crime my family was talking about this Christmas. One day, a few years ago, my aunt saw a ton of cops and firefighters at her neighbor's and went over to check it out. Classic nosy neighbor. Come to find out, her neighbor had been stabbed like 20 times with a screwdriver by his lover, who was like 30 years his junior. A screwdriver. Oh, God. I will refrain from saying he got screwed. Will you now? (laughs) The killer left after stabbing him in his car and went to the gas station, filled up a gas can, and drove back. (gasps) The victim, Jay Hahn, had managed to survive and crawl back towards the house, so the killer used a rubber mallet to beat him in the face area, taking off his nose and ears, then set his below-the-belt area on fire and left. Holy Hannah! No, 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 no. It didn't take long to catch the killer since the whole thing was caught on Jay's home security cameras. (gasps) The trial kept getting delayed as there is tons of gossip about sex trafficking ring and all kinds of other suspicious activities. Needless to say, it's a crazy case. And when the trial comes up, I'm sure tons of juicy stuff will come out, especially since the victim supposedly got all of his money from his dad who robbed a bank, but the money was never found. If you'd like to look up more information, this happened in Danville, Illinois, a few years back. Again, love the podcast. You two are some of the funniest ladies I know. Keep on creeping on. Wow. Holy. I mean, it was bad enough with over 20 stabbings with a screwdriver. I was going to say, with a screwdriver. And then a rubber mallet. And then he got set fire. Like, he survived the stabbing. And fire. This next one is my mother-in-law saying goodbye. Hey, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of weeks now, and I'm a delivery driver, so I got lots of time to listen. Love sinister sightings, and boy, do I have a lot to share. But I'll just do one for now. P.S. This is a little long, so bear with me. My kid's father and I moved back to Idaho to be with my mother-in-law who was dying of breast cancer. Also, let me just say that the lady was a saint and the best mother-in-law a girl could ask for. So anyways, while she was on hospice, she was staying with her parents because she needed a lot of caring for at that time, and I think she didn't want my oldest to see her on all the machines. They were thick as thieves, and he absolutely adored her. One day, about two weeks before her passing, side note, I've always been a little more sensitive to the paranormal. Anyhow, I was laying the kids down for a nap. At the time, I only had the two. My middle one, we will call him Turtle because that's the nickname we gave him after the ultrasound tech pointed at his Peter and said, it's a boy. You see his little turtle. (laughs) (laughs) All I can think about is that thing goes, turtle, turtle. turtle. (laughs) I know. I thought it too. (laughs) And I was like, is that an inside joke or is that actually from something? No, it's a movie. So I didn't say it because I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay. 
He was still breastfeeding at the time, so I was feeding him, and my oldest son was watching cartoons on low, wrapped up in his blanket. Oh my God, this is way longer than I thought, so sorry. (laughs) Girl, please. The house was new. They had just built it a year before, so it was settling, but what I heard was not that. It was an open floor plan, wood and tile floors, so very hollow, especially when no one else was home. You can hear everything. So we were all laying down, and all of a sudden, I hear and feel the garage door open, and the only person who would come in the house that way was my brother-in-law. We'll call him Jay. He was a kid and always lost his house keys. Oh, also, I forgot to mention that we live in the middle of nowhere. So I hear the garage open, and so did my oldest. He said, Mommy, I think my uncle's home. I said, Okay, just wait. Let him get in and relax before you bombard him. Anyways... We were laying there and I heard footsteps walking into the kitchen, opening up the cupboards and the refrigerator, totally something Jay would do. Heard footsteps who I thought was Jay walk into the hallway where our rooms were, walk to his room that was directly across from mine, open and shut. My son was so eager to play with his uncle, he got up, went to his room, knocked on the door with no answer, so he decided to walk in. Nobody was there. Oh my God. God. I called Jay and asked had he just been home and left. I never heard anyone leave after they went into his room. He said no, he was in another town about 20 minutes away. He hadn't been home since he left that morning. I explained to him what happened and he was so freaked out he didn't want to sleep in his room. Fast forward a couple of weeks, my mother-in-law passed away and we held a viewing at our house. I won't make you say what it's called. LOL, I don't want you to struggle. It's a Mexican tradition where the family and friends can say their goodbyes. FYI, her casket was directly outside my bedroom door. Anyhow, I stayed in my room most of the time because the house was full and I was a wreck. I mean, I couldn't stop crying every time I stepped foot out of my room. I absolutely loved that lady. So I was in my room feeding Turtle, had my lights out, the TV was on, just for background noise and light. For whatever reason, I felt the need to look up. There was a shadow person at the foot of my bed in front of my TV. Uh Uh-uh. I was positive it was just my grieving mind playing tricks on me until the kid's father, who we will call Asshat, (laughs) came in and explained to me that his aunt brought a lady who came to her with a message from my mother-in-law telling her she needed to come to our house and relay what she had told her. She apparently told her, of course, that she loved us and was watching all of us say our goodbyes, etc., but that she was going to come to everyone close to her individually and say her goodbyes. We would either feel her, see her, smell her, or something of the sort, but to watch for the signs because it would be within the last few days before we laid her to rest. I was so freaked. I told Asat what had just happened to me not five minutes before he walked into the room. She came to tell us goodbye. I've had more experiences, way more, but I'll leave you with that. Sorry again, it was a long one. I'll send you in more stories another time because ladies, they are good. Creep it real bitches. Love always from your new fangirl, Tatiana. My God, I would have died. Holy shit. Like what made you know it was her and not something sinister? You know what I mean? Like if... Yeah. Especially, like, all that, like, what was that with Jay? Oh, my gosh. I don't know what that was. And, yeah, you better send in the rest. Uh, hell yeah, because that was good. 
Also, she might have just felt that it wasn't a negative True. energy. That is so special to be able to have that closure. And also, thank you so much, Tatiana, for not making me butcher that name of whatever <laughs> tradition that is. Thank you. <laughs> if y'all have anything like that, please do it phonetically. And I mean, like, even if y'all are like, oh, my gosh, they're going to think we think they're stupid. Uh, please, no, that's how we want you yeah, to do Yeah, we it. need that. We are. Yes. We are. Okay, this one is Too Close to Home. Hey, ladies, I started listening to your podcast a few months ago and just finished the most recent episode. You guys make me feel like I'm back home and you get me through my work week. I've been debating on sending this in for a while now, and I would like to keep the family anonymous for their protection. I grew up in the small town of Pearl, Mississippi. Hey, neighbor. I graduated with most of the people I went to kindergarten with. Same. There was this family that my brother and I were pretty close to in high school. They were a pretty nice Christian family. Mom and dad still together. Kids never got into any trouble. Just seemed like the perfect family. After graduation, I moved to a different state and was just living my life till one day I got a frantic call from my dad. One of the five siblings had shot himself and his girlfriend in their front yard. We will call them Stan and Dorothy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) From Golden Girls, y'all. Thanks. (laughs) I didn't say you. I'm just kidding. Your mother humper? Apparently, they had broken up and decided that they wanted to talk it out. Dorothy's dad drove over to Stan's house and he came out with a gun. Oh my gosh. Stan's dad ran out to stop him and told him to go back into the house or he would end him too. Stan shot into the car, hitting the dad and killing Dorothy. Then turned the gun on himself. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Stan always seemed a little off to me, but I just chalked it up to me not knowing him as well as I did the other siblings. And I never thought he was capable of this. To this day, it makes my hair stand on end to think of it. I also have a couple of short stories about sightings and sleep paralysis, but I'll save those for another time. Sorry if this was a long story. Love you, chicks. Creep on, creeping on. Love, H. Oh, my gosh. I know we laughed when she said the names. It was only because of the names. But holy shit. Can you imagine seeing that no in your, like outside your window nope sure oh, can't oh my gosh i feel like that with just stuff we've experienced with people we've graduated with mm-hmm. and it's just like holy shit or just like when people die that we've graduated with well because you think holy shit they're my age yeah you're not young and invincible anymore <laughs> right you're old and have purse, work, and home ibuprofen. (laughs) Yes. Okay. This one is called Sinister Sightings, Poltergeist, and Past Lives. Hey, hey, please keep me anonymous. Before I get started, I just want you two lovely ladies to know how much I love y'all's podcast. You never fail to make me smile, and I especially love Sinister Sightings. It always makes me feel like I'm just shooting the shit, making s'mores around the campfire, and listening to people tell creepy stories. Yes, I know. I love them, too. Me, too. All right. So, Poltergeist. 
Okay, so not to be a downer so early in my email, but I grew up in an abusive household. My dad was a manipulative sociopath who made my life miserable, and as early as I can remember, our house always felt oppressive. As a young child, six to ten years old, we lived in a small ranch house in a tiny cul-de-sac, the normal creepy basement. Nothing odd happened other than constantly feeling like I was being watched, and I would feel compelled to talk to myself out loud and felt like someone was listening. That all changed when we moved to a large, newly built house in the middle of nowhere. Picture the Amityville house, but in the middle of the deep woods, and beyond that, nothing but cornfields. My little baby goth self loved it during the day. At night, the oppressive feeling that always surrounded our household was present but cranked up to 11 I would constantly see shadow people out of the corner of my eye, and the feeling of being watched was a constant distraction. My bedroom was above my parents' room, and I had my own bathroom. I usually played the radio when I showered, bringing my boombox from the bedroom into the bathroom to feel less creeped out by being naked and feeling invisible eyes looking at me. A few times, I forgot to do this ritual, and while I was in the shower, my boombox would turn on full blast and scare me with loud, pulsing white noise. Mm -mm. I would stumble from the shower, wiping soap from my eyes, and unplug the damn thing. When I was around 14, things got weirder. Not as easy to write off as electrical issues and my imagination. The increased activities also seemed to go hand in hand with the abuse I suffered. The worse it got, the more active the house was. I remember vividly being in bed, reading a trashy romance novel before sleeping, and my father stomping up the stairs to my room and pounding on the door. Without letting me respond, he would slam the door open and start yelling at me, telling me to shut up and stop making so much noise. This happened at least once a month for a year. At first, I wrote it off as him being a total dick, making things up just for an excuse to yell at me until my mom brought it up one day. Apparently, they would be in their room directly under mine and hear loud noises, dragging and pounding and talking voices. She said it sounded like at least three people moving heavy furniture and murmuring to each other. And all the while, I'm upstairs where they are hearing this and I notice nothing. No noises and certainly not voices. Another notable thing that I remember from this time is creepy knocking on my door in the middle of the night. Mm -mm. To give you a better visual, the front door of our house opened up to a small entrance room with a vaulted ceiling and a winding staircase that led to the second floor with a wooden banister. Not too richy rich looking, more like redneck chic. I mean, across from my room was a room my dad dedicated to his extensive NASCAR collection. <laughs> anyway, my room was upstairs and immediately to the left. You could touch my closed door and still be climbing the stairs. At least... Three times I can remember, I would be startled by three soft knocks on the bottom of my closed door, maybe a foot from the floor. For some reason, a dark dread would take over my body and I would be frozen, sitting on my bed and staring wide-eyed at my door, hardly daring to breathe. I would get this clear vision in my head that somebody had crawled up the stairs on hands and knees and reached up to knock on my door. Something was telling me that no matter what, do not open that door. 
My dad would never knock that soft if he ever bothered to knock before barging in, and both my parents denied doing this. Wow. There were other things that happened in the house that were much more easily dismissed, such as things disappearing and reappearing suddenly, cabinets and drawers opening overnight, sounds and smells coming from inside my bedroom walls that I hoped were just squirrels. But I can't really overstate that dark, heavy atmosphere that suffused the house. What makes me think it was poltergeist activity was the fact that it all stopped when I turned 18 and moved out. According to my mom, nothing weird happened after that and nothing followed me to my new apartment. Past lives. I have had two dreams that I consider visions about my past lives. They both happened when I was in high school and only once, but I can remember every detail as if it was yesterday and not 25 years ago. My first past life dream was comforting and laid back. I was an older woman around 70 years old with a horrible fake blonde dye job and I was having a yard sale. I remember moving through my things on the lawn, running my fingers over my belongings and feeling content. In the second dream, I was a Viking warrior and I was given a vision of a fierce battle. It was cold, ice, and snow on the ground, but the air was clear, giving me a perfect view of the horizon and the approaching enemy army. I was charging with 40 of my men, an axe in my hands, and a dagger at my belt. I was big, tall, and muscular, and I felt that particular battle was important to me in that life. I woke up in a cold sweat, breathing fast, and even now when I think about that vision, I have a visceral reaction. Damn. My gut clenches and my heart beats faster and I feel so uneasy. Thank you so much. Wow. I love past life stories. Me too. When kids say weird shit about past lives, people who have like done like that past life regression stuff, like tell me all the things. Yeah. Wow. And I totally think that was a poltergeist. Oh, absolutely. Because you're right. And like, that's how most of my stories go. It's tied to emotional turmoil. Yeah, I was going to say, it was feeding off the energy. mm -hmm. And I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And I'm so glad that you are, you are a fucking warrior. You're Mm -hmm. like, you might not be a Viking warrior, but you're a fucking warrior. You're damn right about that. Y'all all are. Y'all have y'all brave some fucking shit yeah, you in do. these stories. Y'all are fucking amazing and strong and powerful and brave and know the things to say in the moments where I would never know what to say. Same. Thank y'all for sharing with us and sharing with all the creepsters and everything and like so many people have said they've listened and something clicks for them and they remember something. And so mm-hmm. then they write in. Absolutely. So y'all keep them coming. I know sometimes y'all feel like they're long or short. It doesn't matter. We love them all. Just mm-hmm. keep sending them in. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Thank y'all so much for listening. Continue to stay safe. Continue to wash your hands. Continue to shelter in place slash stay at home slash mm-hmm quarantine slash social distance all the things yes (laughs) and remember creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared